All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. And Jen would already be on my case about saying morning because it's not morning where everybody is. And of course, most of our viewership and listenership is in syndication and it's probably nighttime. But I do want to apologize up front to everyone. Normally, Jen would be with us. And while she is in the background running the show today, she is not feeling well and has opted to not be on camera or on microphone. So those of you that only tune in for Jen, which is probably the majority of the audience anyway, uh, you're going to be disappointed this week, but she'll be back next, I'm sure. So on with the show, we have a really cool guest for you guys today. Somebody we have been pining to have on the broadcast for some time. And we're so far booked out. I think Jen actually already filled up 2023. So all of our guests are a long time coming, but here's one that I get to interact with on a semi-regular basis. Uh, somebody who I'm absolutely constantly curious about and enthralled with. So welcome to the show, Todd Bitter. Good morning, Todd. Hey, good morning or good afternoon on the East Coast. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> we were talking about that before we went live. You're uh, spending quite a bit of time out there as of late. So yeah. when you're coming from the Pacific time zone, which Arizona is Pacific daylight right now, going all the way to the Eastern time zone, jumping three is just a nightmare going back and forth. That's uh, probably got you worn out, man. Oh yeah, it's it's been. I've got Atlanta this coming weekend. I was in DC the weekend before, last weekend, and in two weeks before that, I was in Tampa. So it's just like the jet lag is kicked in, and I'm ready for a break. And this is all mortgage broker related. <laughs> it it is, yeah, it, it is. Um, actually, the Tampa event was uh, Christine Beckworth's vision. Oh, sure, sure. That was that was a mix of retail and broker. Yeah. Okay, um, but you are a broker. I'm a broker. Um, and obviously that's part of the reason that we do get to interact so much, which also puts you heavily involved with some of the more grassroots pro broker uh, groups like the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts or AIM. Yes. Uh, so some of your travels certainly include that. Some of your speaking gigs certainly include that, those kinds of things. But have you always been a broker? 99% of my career, yeah. I mean, I started for a very brief moment in retail, uh, moved over to the broker channel back in the 90s, um, stayed broker all the way up until the housing meltdown. Um, at that time, I moved to Arizona from, I, my first half of my career was in Cincinnati, covering like Cincinnati, Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana. Okay. Um, moved to Phoenix, literally months before the housing meltdown and knew nobody here. And then the whole thing crashed on me. And I actually took a job with a uh, smaller retail shop just to have some support to learn the area. And, you know, basically I went there just to learn the lay of the land. And I think I was there for like four months and I went broker and I've been broker ever since. So I, I think I have like out of 26 years, I have less than a year in the retail space. Oh, okay. So basically none. No, yeah, yeah. You've basically been a wholesale broker your whole career. And I know it isn't normally the topic of conversation. Um, and I've always been a broker. Uh, you know, uh, my longevity is starting to, to get close to what yours is. I'm not going to admit how long I've been doing this because it's a direct uh, telltale for how old I actually am. And I'm feeling real old these days. So we're going to avoid that whole thing altogether. Um 
but I never knew any different. I've, I started as a broker. And when that company went under, I opened my own brokerage. I've been a broker owner since that was 2005. So shortly before that meltdown that you were describing moments ago. So yeah, it's certainly been an interesting uh, ride for sure. But I guess I would have to ask if you've had a taste of that, having negligible experience with that, but certainly seeing a lot of LOs, retail and wholesale both, what do you think the three big differences are between the two? Um, you know, obviously on the wholesale side, we are, we can price out way better. I mean, you know, our, our rate and fee structure, you know, the retail channel can't compete with that and they shouldn't be able to compete with that. It's a different model. And, you know, so that's, that's, that's one of the big ones. Rates and costs. Number one. Rate costs, number one. Um, number two, you know, not being tied to any one lender. I mean, I personally kind of stay in a pretty narrow box of just a clean conventional business. Um, that's kind of my niche. Um, but if I want to do some oddball loan with a non-QM lender, I, I have the ability to, or, or I have the ability to, you know, even on a clean conventional loan, if we get a deal that's just dying on the vine somewhere, I can switch it over to another retail or wholesale lender, you know, right way that that's some of the things that retail doesn't have. Um, you know, other than that, I think just the freedom of independence. Um, you know, I, I don't have a boss. I don't have anything that, you know, if I want to, you know, if I want to wake up today and work, I can. If I want to go screw around and golf all day, I can. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Todd, Todd, aren't you married? Yeah, I am married. Yeah. All right. I don't want to tell her that you just said you don't have a boss. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. That, yeah, everybody knows everybody knows Evie knows that she's way more popular than I am amongst the wholesale channel. She should be the one doing all these podcasts and stage presence because everybody loves my wife. I'm just the afterthought. So ah, that's funny. Okay. Interesting stuff. So yeah, I would have to agree with that. I think the uh, obviously rates and costs are big. The flexibility is huge. Great number of wholesale mortgage banks to select from. You can be doing Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, USDA, like everybody else. And then, yeah, you get the freedom to broker commercial loans and to broker residential debt service ratio loans. And yeah, there's a wide, wide gamut of things like that. Um, I think kind of trailing on that, and I don't want to spend too much time on the subject, is that for the most part, retail operations, a lot of them are depository institutions and they do credit cards and car loans and ATMs and CDs. And I just constantly have this jack of all trades, master of none kind of feeling about them. Whereas a wholesale mortgage broker like yourself does nothing but wholesale mortgages. It's kind of a, a tiny little niche in the grand scheme of what goes on in banking. All right. So flashback to the 1990s. How in the world did you decide you wanted to be in mortgages? <laughs> so it's funny. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine grew up with who just seemed to, you know, he had done a bunch of different things, but never really found his place. And, you know, he was young. We were all young back then. And, um, he found his way into the mortgage business and I watched him from a distance, you know, for probably six or eight months, you know, on the weekends, we'd take my boat. I boat at the time we'd all get together and go boating and stuff. And we'd be out on the lake talking about what he was doing. And he's talking about like these paychecks he's getting. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, 
maybe I need to be looking at this because, you know, I'm making good money at the time with what I was doing, but not nearly as much as he was. And I personally, I felt like I was a better salesperson than he was. And, uh, you know, we probably argue that till our death, but, um, yeah, it, it made me look at it. And I thought I just had went through buying a house like two years before that. And I just remember the process and just how it just seemed very over, over, overstressed for me as a buyer, you know, like communication wasn't there. I just, it was always on edge all the way up until the day we closed. And I thought this can't be how this is supposed to be. So it kind of had me thinking about that process for a little while anyway, because I've always been very customer service oriented. And uh, then when Brian uh, got into the business, I was like, maybe I need to follow him. And I did. And it was just by that happenstance, you know, and I, I got into it and I loved it and never looked back from there. Did Brian write that loan on your first house? He did not. He wasn't in the business yet. I mean, is he still yeah. in the business? He is still in the business. Um, in fact, he's working for a friend of mine. So very cool. Very cool. And do you still have the boat? And uh, no. All right. Important <laughs> that's, things. Best day of my life was the day I bought the boat. The second best day was the day I sold the boat. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. That's the old adage, but it's kind of true. You know, after the first year, you kind of get bored with it a little bit, unless you're a true boat person, which I'm not. Uh, I think if you lived on a boat, maybe that that might be something, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, neither here nor there. All right. So I think one of the things that strikes me as relatively unique about you, and I know I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but since Jen isn't on camera to give me dirty looks, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, your current business operation, your support staff, your team structure is pretty unique for what goes on in the mortgage business these days, especially considering the kind of volume you do. And I don't want to, uh, you know, reveal anything that you wouldn't want to, but I do think it's important for our audience to know that you are one of the highest producing wholesale mortgage brokers in the country. So tell us a little bit about your team structure. This ought to be easy. Oh, yeah, it's really easy. It's uh, me, myself, and I. Right. Yeah, and this um, fascinates so many people in our circles. Yeah. I, I mean, so JKS Mortgage is um, is Jamie Smith had JKS as a one-man operation. I moved to Arizona, um, took, a, like I said a minute ago, took a very, very four-month brief job with a, whole, with a retail guy. Um, my wife and Jamie's wife are best friends from like kindergarten. They've known each other since they were in kindergarten in Chicago, Illinois. They both ended up in Arizona by happenstance and stayed close friends and they're still close friends. And they're like, why aren't you guys together? You know, I mean, Todd, can you can come over, partner up with Jamie? It, it helps Jamie with expenses because you're bringing in a flow of business and everything. So that's how it worked out. So he works out of his house. I work out of my house. We're both one man operations, no processors, no one, no loan assistance, no. I mean, my wife occasionally will grab my phone if I'm in the shower and answer it for me, yeah. but I don't have a receptionist. I don't have anything. You know, it's just me, you know. Um, and that goes into the, you know, we can get that later, but the whole answer your damn phone thing. Like I literally, you know, I, I, Evie's learned that that phone's the most important thing to me. So like I'll be in the shower and she'll answer the phone and 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 make sure nobody goes to the voicemail unless absolutely necessary. But yeah, I, I'm a one man team basically. Just on you know, there's there's a multi, there's a couple of us on the license, but we each are separate individuals. So so you're processing all your own loans. 
processing all you're, my loans. You're doing all the, what the industry would define as LOA work on all your own loans. Yeah. And still managing to pull off the kinds of numbers that you are. Do you sleep? <laughs> we, we know you shower. We know you bathe. You revealed that, which is good. So, you know, I, I, I say it's my hidden, my hidden advantage. I've always been a four or five hour a guy, a four or five hour a night guy, you know, meaning sleep. Um, even when I was young, I mean, it's just, I don't care what I'm doing. If I was, if I retired tomorrow, I'd still sleep four or five hours a night. I'd just probably be up wandering the house playing video games or watching TV or something, right? So it's just not in my nature to sleep a lot. I also, my first portion, my, my, my learning experience in this business years and years ago was sitting in a in a back room office with processors they when they hired me at this company they didn't have any open desk space so i was like stuck back in this back room little office in the processor room that they had so i kind of learned the processing part by default at the more than i learned the loan officer part actually early on because i was back there with all the processors so i actually enjoy that part of it i i if if I can make as much money being a processor, I give up being a loan officer. I enjoy the processing part of it, which is exactly opposite what most loan officers are. True story. Um, but I split my day up. By day, I'm a loan officer because you know, that's when the people and realtors and everybody are calling. And then usually when my wife goes to bed about 1030, I go in my office and I work till about 230 in the morning, you know, and in that three or four hour period of time, I get more done than I could if I had eight hours of process during a day, just because there's no interruptions, you know? True. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of, you know, I'm usually in bed by two 30 and I'm back up by seven, seven 30, you know, and uh, just, it's my nature, you know? So I always tell people, you know, it gives me a hidden advantage to the regular guy out there that needs his eight hours of sleep. You know I mean? Hey, I, I, I can do my processing at night, you know, guilty. So, yeah, I like my eights and I'm really good at it. Yeah. So there's something to be said about this because I know right now a lot of real estate agents, a lot of loan originators for different reasons are just cringing, right? Uh, when it comes to our audience, like, God, how could this guy possibly be doing all this without any support? And of course, the loan originator population is like, oh my God, just like he said, I can't stand processing a loan. Uh, I think that's the worst job in the industry. And I'm inclined to agree. I love my processors. I pay them very well. I think it's a very difficult job. And what I see from our side of the coin, and it's, you know, the same coin, is that I need that help in order to make sure everything goes smoothly and properly and the details are covered, T's crossed, I's dotted on and on. And you're doing all of this on your own, which is absolutely incredible to me, mind-boggling to most of these two industries. What kind of time does it leave you for where the business comes from? Well, let's back up. Where does the business come from? Because I'll, I'm going to reveal right now to our entire audience that your accolades match your production, match your industry respect. You get these fucking loans done smoothly. You get them done in a timely manner. Your clients love you. Your referral partners love you. And that evidence right there, well, it certainly does uh, reiterate the point that you don't sleep, which we now know to be true. But you are able to manage all of this 
have a very high success rate with referral partners and clients and do all of the work yourself while being one of the industry's top mortgage brokers. It's pretty cool stuff. I'm assuming a lot of it is repeat and referral, if not all of it. And with those kinds of accolades, with that kind of success, with the nice things your past clients and referral partners are saying about you, it wouldn't surprise me. But is that accurate? Where Where is the business coming from? Uh, it, it's pretty much all realtors. I mean, of course, outside of the realtors, you know, I get previous clients that came to me from realtors that will then refer their brother, sister, coworker, or they come back to me for something. Um, but yeah, if you, if you would, went through my production, I mean, first of all, I don't do a lot of refis. Um, I pass those off to Jamie or, or, or Adam. We also have a third guy that works independently on our license too. Um, yeah, I, I focus on the purchase business when it's good. I mean, right now I'll do a refi cause it's, everything's a little bit, a little bit slower. Right. So, but it's almost a hundred percent realtors. Um, I've just spent the last, well, since 2008, I've done nothing but focus on building realtor relationships. And a lot of people think that it takes a lot of time to go meet for coffee. I've, I've never met a realtor for coffee that I didn't already know. I, I, right. I've met a couple for lunch, but they were realtors I was already working with. Right. Okay? Um, I don't think. Yeah, not I, let's meet and have lunch. It's, hey, do you have time? Let's go grab some lunch. Yeah. Right. So. You know, because most any decent realtor out there is already got her guys or girls, you know, I mean, they already got their loan officers. Uh, I've taken the approach of meeting them through the listing side. You know, I mean, I'll close a loan like I got a loan closing tomorrow. The listing agent somebody I've never heard of before worked with. I'll, I'll do my thing. I've tried to dazzle them throughout the last three weeks with the service. You know, I'll do my thing afterwards, calling them you know, just staying in front of them, you know, occasionally dropping an email out to them, you know, chances are that listing agent will never contact me again, but I don't need to win a high percentage of them. If I can just win one or two new realtor contacts a year, right. you know, um, which I'm guessing is one to 2%. It's a slim number. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to, you know, if you look at baseball and you say a high, uh, one of the highest paid hitters in the league is probably batting 320, meaning that, you know, he's only successful 32% of the time. I yep. mean, in most instances, that's failing. But in baseball, that's a multi-million dollar contract, you know. And same thing in our industry. I mean, I don't have to – if I can bat 5%, you know, that can lead to millions of dollars in income a year, you know. Sure. So I think a lot of guys put too much weight on, you know, having to go out there and just pound the pavement on realtors. Most of them don't want to be bothered. I mean, some of them do, but um, it's more organic and more um, the grassroots way of meeting them. Um, they'll remember you. Ah, so the part of a referral partner relationship should, in fact, be the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? And I would also say that while you and I speak this language and understand it, obviously a lot of new loan originators, retail loan originators, or people that have made uh, a killing and they've probably made a killing off the refi business in recent years don't quite grasp this. And I can't fathom that there's any kind of significant percentage of loan originators that are smart enough to 
bring that listing agent into their cycle, into their contact database, into their fold, and never even give them the time of day, let alone help them along with this process with the actual transaction so that they can spend more time finding more buyers and sellers, which is what they should be doing. Yeah. They, unfortunately, I think with most loan originators, real estate agents feel they got to be babysitting. They've got to make sure that their clients are taken care of, that the transaction's taken care of. And if you're in a position for all of you, if you're in a position like Todd is in and you're able to dazzle, as he put it, to wow, to make sure that agents on both sides of the table involved in a transaction that you're working on are comfortable with the fact that the transaction is going to actually close, then they can go spend more time finding buyers and sellers. And guess what? That benefits you. Well, and, and one of the things that absolutely boggles my mind, it drives me nuts, but then I start thinking maybe I should be glad I see these things. Just go on Facebook and any of the mortgage groups. Every, almost every day, you'll see some originator talk trash about realtors. I hate realtors. God damn, you know, realtors suck. This, that, and everything else. They're the devil, you know? You'll see it all the time. And I'm like, God, why Why would you do that? You know, I mean, yeah, it might be a closed group where nobody but, real, but loan officers can see this. But if that's your mentality, it's the old adage, they can hear you smile through the phone. So if you truly despise working with realtors, you can't switch that switch to make them feel comfortable with you on the phone. You just can't do it. I mean, you, you have to embrace them. You have to learn their language. You have to learn what makes them tick. And if you get to the bottom of it, they're no different than us. They just want their loan to close. You know, they just want their transaction, I should say, to close. And, uh, you know, if you build the rapport with them and you set the expectations up front, even with ones you don't know, they're new to you. As long as you communicate and set the expectations up front, they'll stay out of your lane. I mean, that's the other thing you hear all the time. Stay out of my lane. Stay out of my lane. Okay. Okay, great. But if you don't communicate with them and they don't know what the hell's going on with the transaction, they're going to get in your lane because they have every right to be in your lane. They don't have a choice. Make sure that their deal's going to close. Yep. They're, they don't care about my paycheck. They care about their paycheck and their customer. I'm just an afterthought to that, you know? So, so I don't have that problem. Every great often I'll have a, a realtor I've never worked with before that gets a little pushy and on the my side of things. And I usually shut it down pretty quickly, not with being a jerk, but just saying, hey, you know, we're all good. What What is it? You know, would you rather me call you twice a week instead of once a week? You know, as soon as you get that communication line opened up, they get back into their own lane and they leave you alone. Great. And I can't stress enough communication. I just can't. Um, there's nothing more that will make a realtor happy than communication. And that starts with, you know, my motto, answer your damn phone, which, you know, is a, I say all the time, everybody knows I, I it's my tagline, but it's the truth. Um, and right now we're in a little bit of a down market and a lot of guys are, had been refi mostly, mostly guys and they're scrambling to get realtors. And you can use the same thing that happened to me in 2008. It, funny thing is, prior to 2008, I was a subprime refi guy. I might have done two purchases a year. I didn't particularly like realtors because I had no realtors. I just thought that they were pushy people that need to stay out of my business. 2008 happened and in Arizona, where I didn't know anybody, I just moved here, housing dropped 30, 40%. Every customer that could have done a refi was underwater in their house. Sure. The ones that had equity, 
weren't refined because they were probably paid off or close to it, you know? So I had to refocus and go out and meet realtors. And what I did, I didn't call realtors up asking for coffee. I didn't call them up saying, hey, can, can I please buy you lunch? You know, I didn't really have enough money to buy them lunch at that time because the market had killed me. Um, I went and took the approach of, I started calling them and asking if I could interview them. I, I would call them up and say, hey, my name is Todd Bitter with JKS Mortgage. Would you mind taking about three or four minutes? I just, I'm interviewing realtors across the state to find out what it is that would make loan officers work better with you. I'm not trying to sell you. I'm not trying to get you to send me loans or anything. I acted like I was doing interviews for like a publication. I didn't say I was, but I was, that's the impression I got was this guy's not trying to get my business. He's just, and realtors love to talk about themselves. Everybody does, you know. Certainly salespeople. Yeah, I interviewed it's in our nature. Yeah, I interviewed a hundred realtors over about a four month period of time, and I came away from that. Almost every one of them was communication. I need loan officers that are answering to answer your phone that are available on nights and weekends when I'm trying to write offers. You know, they act like they only work Monday through Friday, but I'm out here Saturdays and Sundays are my busiest time as a realtor. I need a loan officer I can get a hold of. You know, that was the number one thing. That's where the answer your damn phone motto came from was those interviews 14, 15 years ago, whatever that was. Um, out of that, I then start calling someone back and saying, hey, through our interviews, I found out that sounds like you want people that are available. You want people to communicate. You want people that'll give you the bad news immediately and not try to fix it and not give you bad news till it's too late. All the little things I found. So I would stress to guys that are like struggling right now, go out there and interview realtors. Don't try to get their business, just interview them. You've already opened up a line of dialogue. Then you can call them back three weeks later and say, hey, I want to tell you the findings of, it was very gracious to you to give me your time. Here's what I found out. Now, because of that, my business can match all those things. So if you ever would mind, I'd love to work with you. Something as simple as that. You know, you talk to a hundred of them, you might get two or three and that's all you need. And you get two or three in the next hundred and the next hundred, before you know it, you got 10 or 12 realtors and you're doing a hundred million a year. I think it's also really important for that group in particular to understand that no matter what business, 99% of licensed businesses are giving the rest a bad name. It's not just real estate agents for one. I want to make sure everybody who is a loan originator that has that mentality about real estate agents, it's you too. 99% of loan originators are giving the rest a bad name without equivocation. Lawyers, uh, the, the, the hair salon people, if you have a license, odds are good. 99% of your brethren are giving you a bad name. It's just Absolutely. the nature of the beast. I think it's also important to really understand that they're people. Some of them you're going to click with. Some of them you're not. Just like your circle with your friends, your family, your colleagues, your uh, team. Sorry, Todd doesn't know what that looks like. Um, but this is just part of the human condition. As unique as the human condition is, you have friends in your life, whoever you are. You have friends in your life. And those people probably have a variety of different uh, roles in their job. They do a different kind of work than you do, as does a real estate agent. And the gamut of the types of people that are in mortgages, in real estate, etc., run a huge spectrum. I promise you, there are people that you would want to have relationships with, have to your home for dinner. 
go have lunch, go to a ball game, go camping, whatever the hell it is that you like to do. There are people in the real estate business that like to do that shit too. These are the people. Again, the relationship is the key. Are you really working with people who you have a connection with, who want to help you put your kids through college? Bad example here in, in this case. Or that you want to help put their kids through college, that you actually have a concern for them as people as friends, as colleagues, and you want to see them succeed as much as you want to succeed. Yeah, That's the kind of shit that for some reason, people on both sides of this table ignore. Yeah. All just people trying to figure it out. I I just, again, it's like the guys that just don't like working with realtors. Like, I don't understand it. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like having a guy that, you know, again, we'll go back to baseball. I don't know why I'm not a big baseball fan, but it's like a guy says, okay, all I want to do is play the outfield. I don't want to hit or anything else. I mean, okay, well then here's your 25% of what you make paycheck. You know, nobody's going to do that. I mean, why do that with realtors? And and again, they're just like us. They're just trying to use, but if you don't understand them, you're never going to be able to work with. It's like some guys, I mean, you know, look, you'll, you'll see like a really beautiful woman with a really ugly dumpy guy and he's here one thing he's here a billionaire or he's knows how to communicate and 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 mesh mesh with that girl you know i mean it's like so same thing like if you don't learn how to communicate you know you could be the best looking guy in the world if you can't communicate and know how to talk to women or women that can't communicate with men you're not gonna have very good success and date same thing with realtors i mean no matter what you do in life you know, if you're the cashier at Taco Bell, if you can't communicate with the manager that runs Taco Bell, you're probably not going to work at Taco Bell very long. So, you know, it's I can't stress it enough. You've got to learn their language. You got to learn what makes them tick and you got to learn how to talk to them. All right. Simple as that. How, how weird is it that you used a Taco Bell reference instead of Arby's? I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah, that's funny. Inside <laughs> joke. I, I try to downplay the whole Arby's thing. A lot, a lot of guys on that's watching this and girls will get the joke. But um, for those that don't, I um, love Arby's and I carry coupons in my console, in my car, because I think Arby's is way overpriced if you don't have coupons. Yet I'm, you know, I, I close 100 million plus a year in volume and I, I drive a rather expensive car, but I'm pulling out my little coupon and saving my at cents at Arby's. So yeah, there you go. There's Arby's reference for you guys. Perfect. Well, I can, I, I, yes, Jen, I know that we are running over. Rocky Ballore made a comment. Rocky, what's up, guys? How awesome. Two lending legends right here. I don't know if that's uh, true, but um, when you're as old as Todd and I are, uh, the legends part might actually uh, fit well. Yeah. So thanks for that, Rocky. And hopefully we'll get to see you soon with some of these other travel conferences Todd and I have been talking about in the not too distant future. Well, Todd, the message I'm getting from Jen, of course, is that we are running over time, which um, is of no surprise to me because the conversation with you, as we talked about at the beginning before we went live, was going to whip by in a very short period of time. We'd love to have you back. Uh, yeah. I know Jason Sharon thinks you've already been on the show before, so we'll uh, <laughs> uh, at least amuse yeah. his uh, fantasies. Um, so I would love to get your book for another episode. And if you don't mind, I would love for you to give yourself a little plug. There are certainly plenty of 
people watching in Arizona, we get plenty of consumer followership and yeah. these people may need a loan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, JKS Mortgage, um, you know, my number's 513-646-3133. Um, you know, any customers out there, realtors especially, but customers too. I mean, I'd love to work with you and I do all of the state of Arizona and, uh, you know, loan officers, I'll, you know, if you want to see me speak, I'll be at the EPM event this weekend. Uh, well, not weekend, Thursday and Friday in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And then the next thing is uh, Fuse in Las Vegas at the Paris at the end of September. I think it's on October 1st is my speaking date. But um, anyway, yeah, those are the next couple events for loan officers and then realtors and loan and realtors and customers in Arizona. Please, I'd love to have your business and work with you. So. Wow. And we already talked about the uh, travel schedule that you've got coming up. So we know we won't see you or be able to capture you for the Mile High Mastermind event this fall, but maybe next year. I yeah. think this is actually our sixth annual, but unfortunately you and I haven't really been communicating like this in uh, over that time frame or over our careers. It's only been in recent years that we've done that, but maybe next year. Um, so for those of you listening or watching live or in syndication, you can get some information about that as well and all kinds of other things like our weekly video blog, the weekly little tip, how to get tickets. I believe they are available. I would ask Jen to confirm, but she's obviously not on with us. But I think if you use our text code, if you text tips to 63566, you can get all that information, including tickets for the sixth annual Mile High Mastermind at the University of Denver, strictly for loan originators and real estate agents, and strictly on lead generation ideas techniques and tactics. So Todd, thank you for joining us. I know it's hard to carve out this kind of a time uh, on a Monday morning. Uh, so it's re and it's certainly this far in advance. So it is really yeah. appreciated. And I know our audience is going to eat your shit up with a spoon. So <laughs> it is uh, certainly valuable to have you on and hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, anytime. I'm always willing. So yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you again. And uh, for the rest of you, we will see you next week. 10.30 Mountain Time. Poor Todd, that is going to flip-flop for him here eventually because only Arizona is smart enough to ditch this stupid on-and-off daylight saving stuff. But I won't get too far into my soapbox opinion on that nonsense. So 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Every week you can catch a new episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Subsequently, a couple days later on Apple and Spotify. And I know there's another platform. See, it's so hard without having Jen on the show. So, Todd, thank you again. The rest of you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.